0: Hey everyone! Welcome to a new episode of Lighthearted. My name is Anna, and my name is Bracey, and we're two average gals chatting about what it means to grow. I have to say really quickly that every time we record, I like hold my hands up in the air like almost the entire time, and I don't know why.
1: <laughs> you just need to <laughs> gesture.
0: I feel like do you that. Do you do that when you talk normally? I think I talk with my hands to some extent, but I don't just like hold them up in the air and barely move them. (laughs) But I do it every time when we record and it makes me feel like Will Ferrell in, uh, it's maybe, is it the NASCAR comedy that he does? Oh, shoot. What is that called? Ricky Bobby, that one? Ricky Bobby, yeah. When he's like, I don't know what to do with my hands. And he just keeps like slowly raising them during the interview. That's (laughs) what it makes me think of every time, but I cannot stop.
1: That's funny. (laughs)
0: Um. So I'm not growing in that sense of understanding what to do with my hands when we are talking. But I started reading The Road Back to You, the Enneagram book. Oh, yeah. I chose it for my book club that I'm in. I get to pick the May month book, and so I picked it for that.
1: That will be such a fun book club discussion.
0: Yeah, I think so, too, especially because – you know, in our friend group, we've talked about our Enneagram a lot, but we really haven't talked about it much with the people that are in our book club. And so I think it'll be cool to find out um, what their numbers are and like, see if there's anything that comes up from that in the way that they like discuss books or in the way that we interact with each other.
1: Well, I've already said that I have a lot of
0: two friends. Do you feel like there's any like overlapping numbers in that group of people? I mean, yes, I think there's definitely a lot of twos in there, but also Brittany and Mallory are in the book club. okay. And Laura Jasmine, who we interviewed last week, is also in there, and she's a one-wing two. So I'm like, that's like four of us. But I don't know. I'm interested to see what, what people are. How many people total? There are 11. Okay.
1: Yeah. So maybe there's a little diversity there,
0: hopefully. Yeah, we'll see. But it's kind of funny because I ordered this book around Christmas time. And then when I got it, I was like, wow, this is such a thin book. It's really short. And then when I started reading it, I realized that I had accidentally ordered the study guide that goes along with the book and not the actual book. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> um, but now I'm going to finally get to use the study guide. Yeah. So I'm not super far into it. I'm only like 10%, I think. And they have just started talking about the way that the arrows go in the diagram, which I've always honestly like kind of ignored that because I didn't understand it. And so I just Mm -hmm. didn't really like put any stock in it or do any investigating. But they started to explain what the arrows mean and more about each specific number and how you act like another number when you are feeling like safe and secure, or you act like a different number when you're feeling frustrated or whatever. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited to be reading it. Well, you'll have to let
1: us know if there's anything really good in there.
0: I definitely will. What about you? How are you growing this week?
1: Well, we are literally growing grass in our yard. (laughs) Uh, We laid sod last weekend, and it was the most exhausted I've been in a very, very long time. It was so hard. Well, I was just so tired. Like, my muscles were just tired.
0: Yeah. Yard work is no joke.
1: It's really not. And so the past few days have mostly just been resting, which is important for growth too.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Speaking of rest, we are talking about hustle culture today. (laughs) And I
0: feel like rest and hustle culture don't really go hand in hand. That is absolutely true. Um, Yeah, I feel like to start this episode off, we probably just have to talk about what hustle culture is because I'm sure there are some people that have never heard this term.
1: It's probably true. What are your thoughts on it?
0: So I think when I think about hustle culture, and it's interesting because I feel like because of the career path that I'm in, this doesn't show up in the same way that it shows up in the business world or whatever. I think that's probably true. Yeah, because I think I have a lot of friends that are in the like marketing world or the finance world or... (laughs) My friend Brittany, who I pretend is an accountant, even though she's not. Um, But I used to think that that is what her job title
1: was. Because her title was account manager, not accountant. (laughs) Yes.
0: Also, what does WFH mean? It means working from home, which I now know, but I (laughs) just learned that maybe like two years ago. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of business lingo that I am not privy to in the education world. But I think hustle culture is just this idea and not really an idea, but like the actual means of constantly working and devoting as much of your time per day working and being at work. And it's not like, oh, I work nine to five or I only work when I'm in the office. It's work is never turned off. You can work from anywhere and it's just being like constantly on the go and trying to achieve as much as possible in your career.
1: Yeah, I think it's just the glorification of working really hard. It's like wearing busy as a badge of honor. And like I I think this is also adjacent to the rise of side hustles and like hustling in addition to your job. It's just like yeah. using all of your hours to be as productive
0: as possible. Totally. Yeah, that's a really good point because there are a lot of people that have, you know, their Regular 40 hour (laughs) and plus job per week, and then also are spending their time on the weekends making extra money. Or some people have like a creative outlet that allows them to make extra money,
1: or a creative outlet that they feel pressured to turn into a business. Mm, Yeah, that's a really good point. I feel like a lot of people don't necessarily value creative time just for the sake of it. They feel like they have to use whatever creative skills they have to like make extra money.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I actually took a calligraphy class a few years ago. If you are living in North Carolina in the Triangle area, look up Skill Pop. They have a bunch of classes and it's so fun. I love Skill Pop. Like,
1: I've done probably four or five classes and there's always a good variety of like different things to try. Mm-hmm. I would highly recommend it too.
0: Yeah, and it honestly isn't that expensive. Like it's not. I think the classes that I've done were each like $25. Yeah, I think they're between like 25 and 50 for every class. Mhm. But also with the class like you not only get instruction for several hours, but you also get the tools or like whatever like whatever things that you need to do the class. Right. They give you that for free with the cost. But yeah, so I took a calligraphy class a couple years ago and I really loved it and so it's really fun for me to Get my pens out and write, and sometimes I'll just do that to relax. But there have been a number of times that people have been like, "Oh, you should like create an Etsy business and like write this stuff for for money and blah blah blah." And I always think about it and consider it, and then I'm like, "But this is just like this thing that I do for fun. Like it's not. It feels overwhelming to consider like turning it into a business." Yeah,
1: I've had people say that to me about certain things, like I paint sometimes and. Mm-hmm. I get it that you think this is good and I appreciate that you think it's good, but I have Mm -hmm. absolutely no desire to sell my paintings. None. Yeah. So, and I feel like people just don't, they, they think straight to the, Oh, you can use this for yourself instead of like just enjoying doing it.
0: Yeah, totally. Everything is a cash cow.
1: Yeah. This actually reminds me of a really excellent Ted talk. I watched recently. It was by Michelle Miller. She was talking about how with the rise of feminism, we have liberated women to be more masculine, but not men to be more feminine. And therefore, Mm -hmm. our society has kind of just tilted toward the masculine. So to me, working hard and like pushing for what you want and achieving goals, like that's very masculine to me. Um, And her point was that that masculinity is very results oriented versus experience oriented. So we're so focused on like the outcome of the things we're doing that we're ignoring the experience itself.
0: And I think to me, that's the crux of the problem with hustle hustle culture. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. I'm going to have to watch that TED Talk. It's so good. But yeah, I hadn't really thought about how in this movement of feminism. Yeah, you're totally right. Like we're really focused on bringing women up because They've been an oppressed population for so long. But yeah, not considering what the ramifications of that does to the balance of society. Right. And I
1: I think, I mean, there's so much value in all of the like leaning in and like finding a seat at the table. And like all of that is important. But also Mm -hmm. I feel like especially in corporate culture, everything is just so everything is just (laughs) so driven by the patriarchy. Like it's just Mm -hmm. very work hard, don't apologize don't take time off, don't mention your family. Like those are all very masculine to me qualities and we haven't made room for a feminine way of doing business or succeeding. And there is absolutely a way to do that.
0: Yeah. Well, and that also makes me think though, if because now women are part of the hustle culture, but the expectation of them raising a family and being an excellent parent and All of those things like that is absolutely part of the hustle culture now, too, in a different way.
1: Yeah, I feel like a successful businesswoman has to have all of her ducks in a row in every area of her life all of the time or she's failing.
0: Yeah, 100%. I think that is the part of hustle culture that I think could be summed up in one sentence. It's like this belief that if you aren't hustling, if you are not busting your butt twenty four seven in all areas of your life, then you aren't working hard. Yes,
1: that is exactly right, and I think that that is the driver of finding your worth in your productivity and your work. Like that's the crux of the problem. Yeah. You're putting all of your worth into whether you're productive
0: or not, or whether you're successful or not, and that's crazy. Mm-hmm. And productivity and success as defined by our society, right? And the
1: other thing is that we're valuing that like, quote unquote, success over actual happiness. Like we're, we're trying so hard to get to X, Y, and Z goal that we're not even enjoying getting there. And then when we get there, we're like, oh, I'm not happy. So let me
0: set another goal. Right. This obviously wasn't actually what I wanted. So I, if I achieve more then maybe I'll get there. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, how do you feel like hustle culture has impacted you personally?
1: Um, I feel like I have mixed feelings about this because I understand that hustling in itself is not a bad thing, but I think I've had a bad experience with it. And so I'm a little Mm -hmm. bit burnt on it, you know? So I'll start with the cons. First of all, I was totally stressed and burnt out by the end of my corporate career. I'd not even been in corporate long enough for that to have happened. It shouldn't have happened. The other thing is, and I'm honestly a little bit mad at myself for letting this happen. But like all of these physical issues that I've had in the last year or two years, I think are a direct result of my burnout and stress from my corporate job, which is so unfortunate. And it w- it wasn't worth it. Like none of this is worth what I was doing. Um, and that was honestly one of the pros is that I was actually very good at my job. I was successful in what I was doing. Um, Because I was, I was dedicated to it and willing to put in the work, but none of that was worth what I've had to go through to get myself healthy again.
0: Yeah, I think toxic stress is something that maybe isn't talked about enough.
1: Well, in my case, I didn't even know what was happening. It came on so slowly that I was, I had no idea how unhealthy I was. And so I'm sure you're right, because if you don't know you're sick, then how can you address it, you know?
0: Yeah, totally.
1: The other thing that was a negative for me was that I missed out on things that I wish that I wouldn't have. So I I just remember always being, like, too busy for, for things a lot. This was even so bad that the night that I got engaged, I almost canceled the date because of work. No way. Yeah, because at my... Job at the time, it was like the worst job that I had worked. I was working somewhere between like 60 and 85 hours a week. And on Thursday nights, we had what was called a hot fix in the technical world. And I was responsible for them. And so I thought we weren't going to have one. And then we ended up having one. And so I thought I was going to have to stay. And luckily, somebody was able to cover for me. And but like, I was literally about to call off the date where I was going to get engaged. (laughs) <laughs> that would have been really sad. Yeah. And I told both Brittany and Seb that I was thinking that I w- might not be able to go. And they were both panicking, evidently. Like, you have to go. <laughs> right. Like, it's all it's actually not an option. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But they couldn't tell me that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, I mean, you miss out on a lot of things when you're in that mentality because you think that work is the most important thing. hmm And then – some of the things that I feel like I'm still dealing with are my association with work and worth. Like that doesn't just go away overnight. I was indoctrinated into it and now I'm having to deal with what that means for me now. And related somewhat loosely related is the anxiety about not doing enough. I still have anxiety about not doing enough, not being productive enough and Mm -hmm. whether that what that means about me as a person
0: Yeah, you're having to like retrain your brain, which is something that is not easy and definitely takes a long
1: time. Yeah. And I feel like in this specific instance, it's hard because our society does still tell us that productivity is like Mm -hmm. the end all be all. Like if you're not productive, then what are you worth? I, I don't feel like our society has actually adjusted there, even though it absolutely should. Yeah, definitely not.
0: And honestly, I can't really imagine a world in which that isn't the message.
1: I mean, yeah, because we're so in it, but like you wouldn't look at a little kid and be like, you aren't worth anything because you don't do anything, you know, <laughs> right. like that's just crazy. Or sure. like, even, you know, if one of your friends got hurt and was unable to work anymore, you wouldn't look at them and say, you're not worth anything anymore. But we tell yeah. ourselves that like, if you're not working, then you're worthless.
0: Right. You have to have a, a quote, good reason. Right. To not be working. Yeah. And honestly, yeah, there's very few reasons that I think a lot of people would consider good reasons
1: yeah. to and not we be even, in the
0: workforce. And we even
1: treat stay-at-home moms like kind of a hybrid. Like, oh, it's a good thing that you're able to stay at home, but like, are you really doing anything? Which is the
0: farthest thing from the truth. <laughs> right. Yeah. The amount of time and energy that it takes to run a household even if you don't have kids, I like it is a full time job.
1: Yeah. Yeah. On the flip side, the positives I would say of hustle culture have been I have seen what success looks like. I know how to work hard that those are I mean, knowing how to work hard is a good skill to have. Um, Mm -hmm. And I feel like because of the struggles I've had, I've been able to now discern what is worth the hustle and what's
0: not. I think
1: that's an important lesson to learn. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point.
0: What about you? How has hustle culture impacted you? This one is interesting for me because like I said earlier, like I feel like I'm in a different career than a lot of my friends. And so I think it looks really different in honestly, probably a positive way. I sometimes feel like if I'm not working towards more certifications or promotions or, you know, like I want to be a licensed clinical social worker at some point. But there are definitely times when I'm like, oh, well, I'm not working on it now, but I probably should be. Or maybe I should go ahead and start studying. Or like maybe I should go ahead and start the process, even if it doesn't actually feel like the right time for me. But because I see other people that were in my program, they've already taken the test or they're already in the process. It makes me feel like I'm doing something wrong because I haven't started yet.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's that's something that we we're never okay with. People just being content in the roles they're in. Like, we don't, in our society, we expect people to be striving for a promotion or like doing more, when in reality, some people are just happy in
0: the jobs they're in. And that's fine. Right. That's totally fine. And I think teachers is a big one for that because there are people that become teachers and they, teach for 30 years or whatever, and then they retire. But I think the way that the hustle looks different in teaching is that there are always new ways of learning how to teach something better, or there's always ways that you can adapt your lesson plans So they're more interactive or kids have a lot of different needs and the way that they learn is really different. And so having to like scaffold your plans each year can be really different. And so I think the hustle just looks different. I think it still absolutely exists, um, but it, isn't necessarily like a promotion, right? Like would, it is in the business world.
1: Would you say that there is any like competition or like metric measurements for teachers? Like, are they trying to get their kids to pass at a
0: certain p- pass their tests at a certain level? Yeah, definitely. There's also something that you can get called um, like a national board certification. Which you have to go through. It's a pretty lengthy process and it's actually pretty hard to obtain. You get paid a little bit more if you have it. Um, and I think it's kind of like a badge of honor to be a national board certified teacher. There's also teachers of the year that happen in every county and statewide. And so I think those are really big honors that some people go after and some people don't because it's (laughs) a lot of work. I think another one might just be. Parents wanting to have their kids in your class—that mm. like your reputation of being a good teacher is is pretty big. I think in the education world. Okay, so I think for me, it ends up being more of comparison game and feeling like, oh, I should be doing all these trainings or I should be getting different certifications to make myself better at my job, more so than like, oh, I'm trying to get this other job that's. A higher position or something. Sure. Um,
1: Do you ever feel like, oh, I'm not working enough, or like, oh, I need to be doing more at school or whatever?
0: I think occasionally I feel that, but honestly, I have like negative desire to ever have a job that requires me to work more than forty hours a week. Maybe forty five. I could I could put in forty five hours a week, I guess. But I just value my time outside of work so much and for whatever reason it's been fairly easy for me to like hold on to that like my whole like working life. Um, I mean that's for like healthy. even if I was yeah, <laughs> thank you. Um I think even if I was being paid like a ton of money to work like 70 80 hours a week, I don't think I could do it longer than like a year. I mean, yeah, it's terrible for your health, so I don't feel yeah. like most people can make that happen. It, it, yeah, and not I don't think so either. Not do that and Stay happy and healthy. Right. I think hustle culture has impacted me in a good way, in that sometimes it's helped me make decisions because that pressure of, okay, like life is moving on. Like <laughs> the days are ticking by. You need to make a decision about what you want to do with your life. Because I think I have spent time being like very paralyzed and in indecision, and hmm. in that I'm looking at different paths that I could take and what that might mean for me. And so I think having a little bit of pressure is good for me.
1: I've never because thought about it like that. But yeah, that makes sense. If you do struggle with indecision, that the pressure would help. To me, it just feels like extra pressure that I don't really want at all. <laughs> yeah.
0: Whenever I was trying to decide about grad school, I was choosing between social work and forensic psychology.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: Which now I know I can't think about it too much. Because I'll be like, what if I... Had chosen something else, but honestly, I mean, my life would be completely different because there weren't any schools in North Carolina that had forensic psychology as a degree. Oh, okay. Um, and so I would have had to move, which, you know, it just, my life would be different. Like, I probably wouldn't have the same friends. Like, I don't think I would have ever met Taylor. Yeah, it would look very different. And so I'm happy with my choice. But yeah, every once in a while, I'm like, oh gosh, what I could a cool be a job forensic job have psychologist had. right now. <laughs> Yeah, totally. But yeah, I spent a lot of time, a lot of months really agonizing over what I wanted to do. And I think that the idea and the belief and seeing my friends, like, you know, do things in their work, even though they weren't things that I wanted or jobs that I was interested in, it just kind of was like, okay, like, you got to pick something and it's going to be fine no matter what it is. Like, these are two things that you're interested in. You can always get out of it if you start and you find like, oh, actually I hate this. Like, it's okay, you can change your mind, but you just gotta start.
1: <laughs> well, actually I think
0: that that's
1: something that's sort of related to hustle culture too. It's like I feel like our society expects us to pick a job and then run at it and crush it and do it for the rest of our lives. And like, I don't know how really feasible that is. Like some people want to to change their minds later. And that's not really accepted sometimes, I think.
0: Yeah. I think that's a really good point to bring up because I totally agree. And I feel like I have some family members who have said before, like, oh, yeah, I'm still waiting to figure out, like, what I want to be when I grow up. And they're, like, retirement age. Mm -hmm. And it's like you get thrown into something or just kind of, like, fall into some type of career. And you just stay there because... You have a family or you need the money or you don't know what you want to do otherwise. So you just kind of keep chugging along and before you know it, it's 30 years later and you never like found something that you were really passionate about. Yeah. I feel
1: like that is kind of the crux of my corporate career is like the way I see it is I started climbing a ladder and I didn't realize until I got halfway up that I was climbing the wrong ladder. Like I didn't actually Mm -hmm. even want to be climbing that ladder. Yeah. So... It's hard to just decide to start over. I mean, cause you are starting over, but a thousand percent. It's so much better to stop what you're doing and find something that you're happy, happier doing than keeping yeah. climbing and,
0: you know, never being satisfied. Yeah, totally. I just imagined you in the game of shoots and ladders.
1: <laughs> that
0: sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, you were climbing up a ladder, and then you were like, oh, wait, here's a slide. Let me go back down and mm-hmm. retry this. I mean, kind of that's what my life feels like sometimes. <laughs> Which is fine. <laughs> Trial and error. <laughs> yeah. I honestly, I think it's incredibly brave because it isn't something that is done a lot, and it isn't something that is recognized in society as – successful or whatever, but it actually is kind of the ultimate definition of success, I think.
1: Well, thank you.
0: I often struggle with this
1: because my anxiety does uh, manifest in me thinking a lot of thoughts about whether I'm doing enough or like being productive enough. And it's funny because my human design profile is a 6'3", and the three part of that is trial and error. It's like literally Mm -hmm. the people that need to go out and experience things before where they can know what's correct for them. And so I feel like Mm -hmm. my life is just one giant experiment. I love that though. I love it sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. Other times. Easy for
0: me to say. I'm on the outside just watching you be amazing. And I'm like, look at you. (laughs) Well, I'm sure though, it doesn't always feel that way. Very true. All right. Do you think that anybody is exempt from hustle culture at this point? I think there probably are a small group of people that hold a lot of privilege that are maybe exempt to some extent. Like, I know some people from home who like work for their family's company, which I think could be, I think there's two sides to that. Like, I think it could be somebody who really wants to prove themselves and prove that like they don't have this job just because it's their family's company. But I also know people who get paid really well and work like, you know, like 20 hours a week, and they golf a lot. And so I think there are some people who are exempt from achieving success and climbing the ladder without actually putting in a ton of work like other people might have to. And I hope that there are some companies out there that really encourage like work life balance for their employees. And I'm sure there are also some people who have been burned by hustle culture or have seen other people be burned by it and use that experience to really protect themselves from it. But I'm sure it's something that they have to be extremely focused on um, and set a lot of boundaries and do a lot of internal work around their worth like you've been talking about. What about you? I think there might
1: be a small percentage of people who are sure enough and in- who they are and what they're doing that they don't allow hustle culture to impact them so much. But I think hustle culture is very similar to conversations about white supremacy and how it's the air that we live in. It's that hustle culture is so pervasive. And I actually think, again, it's very tied to patriarchy and white supremacy. I think we just live in it. I don't know if there's a real way of people getting around that because our society does value productivity over anything else. And how can you not be impacted by that?
0: Yeah, I think it is probably unlikely that people are entirely exempt, but I think it's a spectrum.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Okay, well, along those same lines, do you think that you've been able to focus on growth without it being tied to hustle culture? I feel like
1: I'm in a very specific situation here where I went from very hustle culture oriented and honestly, probably like the poster girl for hustle culture (laughs) to like the total opposite. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily recommend that for everybody, but I think it's been important for me to like detox myself from all of that. And to be totally honest, a lot of the work that I've done in the last year or so has been related to figuring out how the F to be okay with the fact that I don't work. And it's not easy.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: One shift that I made a while back is not being so tied to goal setting as growth because that's what I assumed that personal development and growth were for many years. So if I wasn't working towards a goal, then I wasn't growing. Now I don't really have any goals. I but I focus on my growth all the time
0: they're not the same to Mm -hmm. me anymore okay so it's really been more about changing your definition of what growth is and what goals are and all of that
1: yeah absolutely and i i think it's just trying to find a happy medium between like hustling all the time and not hustling at all like i've just got to find my special sauce there
0: (laughs) bracy's special sauce that's gonna be your 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 dead dog (laughs) maybe (laughs) one of these days maybe so I feel like for me, they aren't tied together necessarily. It is definitely hard to like not tie productivity and my worth together, even if it doesn't have anything to do with work. But just how I'm growing in general or achieving things that I want to achieve in my personal life, I think, are all a part of hustle culture.
1: I mean, even things like... Whether your house is clean enough, whether you're being a good enough friend. Like, I feel like those are, those can be loosely tied to this productivity situation as well. It's like, it's not necessarily just productivity in your job. It's like, are you doing enough at home? Are you doing enough for other people? Like, all of those things Mm -hmm. are related.
0: Yeah. Even like, are you doing enough for yourself? Are you taking enough time for self care? Like, I think those can all be rolled into this hustle culture. So, I think for me, when I'm making decisions, especially ones that like might change the way my life looks. I want to take some time, not all all the time in the world because I might sit in it forever, but taking time to make sure that it's something that I actually want and not something that like society tells me I should want or that my friends have and that I want that, that that means I want that I get really it's, I think when I'm Exhausted in a lot of ways, like I'm working too much, or my anxiety is really high, and I just am drained in a lot of places in my life. That's like the first thing that comes up for me is comparison, is feeling like I'm like behind in life, or I should be working harder towards things so that I can have that too. And so I have to allow myself to like recalibrate and rest and make sure that the things that I am seeking out or things that i want for me for real and not because i'm on this hamster wheel as well yeah because hustle culture will tell you that you
1: should be doing more there's more available so you should be doing more
0: absolutely and i actually just saw the other day on Enneagram Ashton she was posting about the lies that you believe about yourself that aren't true based on your enneagram number and mm. my wing is a 1 And one of the top lies is I never do enough. I believe that. And the number for my two, one of the top lies is my worth depends on what I do for others. And so I think I can feel those being at play when I'm not in the best headspace mentally and emotionally and all that.
1: Yeah. Circling back to the point about making sure that you're doing things that you want and not that other people – would say that you should want. I think that ties back to the whole experience versus results orientation. Like if you're focusing on the experience and what it means for you, then you're probably going to be happier than if you're just focusing on the outcome and the goal.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I think that is a great tip for people of trying to shift their mindset on hustle culture and how to break free of it, if you're in it already, or if you're just entering kind of the the hustle culture world. I don't know at what age that becomes a thing, but I would guess you know eighteen, twenty two, something like that. So and somewhere if you, around probably where you're figuring out
1: what to do with your life and like what college to go to if you're going to college and things like that.
0: Yeah, definitely. What other tips do you think are valuable? Well. I feel like
1: I absolutely don't have this down yet, but I would say start looking at what you want, whether you're happy with your current circumstances, whether you're healthy, and maybe watch that TED Talk by Michelle Miller about femininity. That's all I
0: got. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I I think listening to your body is a big one and just being in tune with how your body is feeling. And not ignoring those things because they give us so many clues that we don't tie to stress, but probably most of them are are stress-related. For sure. I think one thing – I have never actually done this, but (laughs) would love to, (laughs) maybe one day. Um, I think Taylor actually told me about this, and I can't remember who the person is who he, like, read this idea from. So, sorry, I can't give that person credit, but it was somebody who suggested making – a weekly list or a daily list maybe of what's important to you and making like a top five or a top 10 things of like what's actually important to you and then reevaluating those every single day and then looking back at the pattern to see if it's the same things every day that are in the same position or if there is a misalignment between what you are writing is actually important to you and like what you're spending your time on.
1: Yeah, that sounds great. I've also heard of an exercise where you define your own version of success, like what success looks like for you and not what Mm -hmm. it looks
0: like in general. Yeah, because then you could go back to that every time you start to feel like you aren't being productive enough or you aren't doing what your friends or your colleagues are doing or whatever and going back and reading that and just kind of like getting right with yourself.
1: Mm -hmm. It's like a realignment to your own values. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Do you have any more tips? Um, no, not really. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, obviously this is something that I personally am still working on. So if you guys have any tips for us, I would love to hear them. We would love that. Send us an email
0: at lightheartedpodcast at com, And of course, follow us on Instagram at lightheartedpod. Talk to you next week. See ya.